on this episode of the Wild Rose Vet Podcast. Yeah, I remember one time Sean fed them avocados and I made him go make the dogs throw up and it was that was a rough night. Because <laughs> he didn't yell and puking everywhere. <laughs> this is the Wild Rose Vet Podcast with Dr. Savannah Howes-Smith. I'm here with my wonderful veterinary nurse, Brooke, and we're going to be talking about uh, some of the foods that our pets should not eat, because um, I think I feel like you field that question a lot in any given day, Brooke. I mean, I feel like you do a lot of nutrition consulting for our clients. Yeah, there's a lot of it. <laughs> Most days, actually. Yes, most days. Yeah. And I even think if they a, don't come to me with those questions, I usually have something to say about what you're feeding your pet, <laughs> <laughs> which might have more to say about me than you. But oh, my goodness. Well, I mean, nutrition is such an important part of of health as well as the care of animals, because we are the source of all of their nutrition in many cases. We're the ones that are providing it to them. And mm-hmm. um, there's so much out there now that's it's all tied up in advertising and marketing and yeah. and all of these things that it's sometimes really hard to parse through what's good information about nutrition and what is made up or what's maybe not such a good source of information. Yeah, you're 100% right. And it it's important to remember too that every every single individual pet is going to have different nutritional needs based on not only their age and their breed and their species, but also their individual health concerns. Mm-hmm. And lots of people forget about that. I agree with that because people will ask me, well, what's the best food? And I'm like, there, there is no best food. It's, it's considering and taking a look at what's best for your animal at this point. Because yes. even over the course of an animal's lifetime, nutritional needs change dramatically, honestly. Um, you know, they started as a puppy with puppy food and then they're on an adult food and then let's say they develop diabetes and now their nutritional requirements are completely different. So, um, yeah, I spent a lot of time reminding people that it's nutrition is an individual thing. Um, 100%. And uh, I think that's also why I sometimes have people that not necessarily argue but like disagree or don't believe me when I say certain foods or certain um, – ingredients or other things maybe aren't the best for their animals because they'll be like, I'm sure you've heard this where somebody will brag, oh, I feed my dog chocolate all the time and he does just fine. And you're like, okay, Mm -hmm. but I've also been on the (laughs) other end where I've treated dogs that ate so much chocolate that they're having seizures. (laughs) Yeah, it's a really, it's, and it's a difficult, it's a difficult and it's a delicate conversation to have because Again, you're trying really hard not to offend people because sometimes mm-hmm, if we can mm-hmm. come in there, you know, guns a blazing, yeah. then they're automatically <laughs> going to get defensive. And I understand yeah. why it's not it's not about I know more than you or, you know, I went to school, so you need to listen to me. Yeah, it really does need to be a conversation about what's best for not only the pet, but also we forget about um, the owner as well. Cause you know, there are very specific indications for, you know, like things like home cooked diets mm-hmm. yeah. that if an owner is unwilling to do that, that's okay. 
but we need to talk about a different option then. Yeah, no, definitely for sure. And you'll hear, uh, I mean, there's so many, so many like lists online of like, here's all these foods that are terrible for your dog, or here's ones that are toxic. And then you'll read on there and they'll put things like corn and you're like, okay, that's not. You're like, okay, let's, no. (laughs) Let's dial this back. (laughs) Let's talk about it. And the other thing too is um, uh, I've definitely seen a big trend of people like turning away from kibble Mm -hmm. in general. And a lot of that has to do with the marketing side of things. Um, But again, back to the clients, you know, needing to take part in educating themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, One specific ingredient that I've had to talk about a lot with people is uh, like chicken byproduct. Mm, Their heads immediately go red flag. This is red flag. We can't be giving them byproduct meal. But if you actually take the time to look up what byproduct meal is. It's a really good source of a lot of important nutrients for your pets. Technically, chicken wings are a byproduct. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I'm like, well, I mean, you go out for wing night and it's not a tragedy, so I'm not sure why. Yeah. (laughs) It's not a tragedy. (laughs) Well, I mean, unless your wings aren't very good, then it might be. That's Yeah, that's true, I guess. It might be the next day. Right. And then uh, what I also find fascinating is like you'll have you'll have people that get hung up on ingredients that are perfectly fine and safe to feed. But then you'll tell them about other ingredients that are a problem um, and they and they either had no idea it was a thing or they don't think it's a big deal. You know, like things like chocolate or xylitol, you know, they'll get like these supplements and they'll feed them to their pet. And you're like, well, did you look at this ingredient? Like maybe that's not great to give. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and those things are never a problem until they are. Like yeah. people pull all the time, especially with the the feeding bones. Well, yeah. I've been feeding this dog bones for five years and he's never had a problem. Yeah, it's not a problem until his bowel perforates and yeah. now it's a really now big it's a problem. problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I mean there's there's a good long list of things probably and I think that's 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 a great way of phrasing it. And that a lot of times um I should probably I'll actually probably start doing that a little bit more, just reframing it to say um, you might get away with it, but why risk it? You know, there's a yeah, chance that it exactly. can actually go poorly. So why, like people that feed their dogs grapes, most dogs mm-hmm. will be fine if they eat grapes, but the problem is we don't know who isn't going to be fine. And so it's just yeah. better to avoid the situation altogether instead of gambling. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think grapes are a good one for that because, yeah, I, I honestly, I didn't even know about that until I went to, to vet school. I hadn't even heard of grapes being a toxic component. Um, mm-hmm. And now you hear about another it all the big time. one is mm-hmm. is uh, garlic. Yep, yeah, we've got people don't think about people. what they're no. feeding, like table scraps and stuff, things that have cooked garlic and onions in them. Mm-hmm. Don't even mm-hmm. you don't even cross your mind. No, exactly, because uh, and uh, they don't understand how it can be harmful. And again, it, it's uh, not every dog that eats garlic is going to drop dead, right? It's it's no. going to be like the amount they get and the overall health status, mm-hmm. like and the size remember, of the dog. I remember I had one dog that came in and it actually did have hemolytic anemia. So that's where the red cells are breaking open because of the toxic compounds in onions. And it was a big dog. But the reason that he actually got sick is he had the dog had raided the garden earlier and ate a bunch of onions out of there. And then he got fed leftover onions from not just one person, but I think like two or three people all actually fed them their leftovers that also had onions in them. Uh, so it just like there's so much. <laughs> and that's why, because like you, oh, I asked the one person, situation. yeah, because the one person that brought them in said, well, 
I gave him a little bit of onion and I just couldn't figure out like how he got so sick from a little bit. And then we actually found out, no, he actually ate onion like four it times was that day. <laughs> a lot. Oh, what about the therabyte incident? Oh, yeah, that one was rough. That's so, a good one to talk about. Yeah, because uh, that's were... not a compound that people think about being, you know, mm-hmm. like an issue. It's a therabytes are a supplement that we give for for a few different conditions, different kinds of therabytes. And uh, Savannah had a patient that uh, cracked into the therabytes and ate half a half a bag of them (laughs) yeah those were joint supplements is what his were and it had glucosamine and chondroitin in it and it also had manganese and if you look on a lot of joint supplements that you can get over the counter they don't have to be prescribed um, they'll contain those ingredients and they actually can be toxic and we're still a lot of people think it's safe because it's a joint it's a supplement it's not a medication Mm -hmm. and i I, yes uh, Definitely. And they can just go to the store to get it, <laughs> yeah. so it can't be that harmful. But it, it is, and he actually um, really damaged his liver, and it's been a couple of months, and he still has signs of liver damage, and he's been on long-term medication to treat his liver damage because of getting into those supplements. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, we always think like, oh, it's it's natural, it's a supplement, it'll be safe, but uh, that's the thing with poisons is that it's, uh, it's all about the dose. Mm-hmm. Just about anything can be toxic if he enough of it yeah yeah good point (laughs) (laughs) yeah so and i think that's true of a lot of different types of toxins like avocados chocolate grapes and well grapes are different they're kind of idiopathic but like a lot Mm -hmm. of um a lot of those things are dose dependent and the more you eat the worse it gets so yeah and there's always resources to check Mm -hmm. Uh, like if you think your pet has gotten into something the pet poison line is awesome yeah. And you don't have to wait for your clinic to open the next day if you're worried about it. <laughs> I've actually had clients specifically call them because they have a lot of knowledge and information that I don't have and a lot mm-hmm. of resources. There's also a free online resource from the um, American SPCA website, the ASPCA. They have a searchable database of toxic foods and plants and you can actually just search up uh, any of these uh, items and it'll show you whether or not it's toxic and what kind of signs it can have as well. Yeah, it's actually, I really like that resource. It's really good. Um, yeah, I do too. And it's it's easy to use. You can do it fast if you're panicking. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've had sometimes that a couple times where yeah. clients call, yeah, I've had clients call in and be like, I've tried to look it up, but all I can find is death, death, death. Oh my goodness. Okay. Let's take a little breath here. Yeah, we're going to take a breather. We're going to think about this. (laughs) (laughs) I think we see a lot of critters for eating things they shouldn't. Um, I feel like it's quite common. I feel like almost every day we see that. Sometimes it's not what they're in for, but they just mention it. Like, by the way, he also ate all this. And we're like, oh. (laughs) Oh, so that's an actual problem. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and a lot of two... uh, you know, if your pets aren't don't routinely get into things, people mm-hmm. kind of stop paying attention. You know, like oh, it's not such a big deal to make sure that the garbage can isn't overflowing mm-hmm. because he never gets into the garbage. Yeah, until and then he does. one day he gets into the garbage, and <laughs> it's a real, real issue. Yeah, I know. I gotta. I have to have all covered. Um, like uh, the the lids that you have to open up manually in my house because otherwise my dogs would just get into there all the time. Well, it's like my that cat of mine <laughs> and the loaves of bread. 
Like we have to hide the bread in the microwave now. So it's not just like our clients, like we make these mistakes too. It's stuff that we also don't think about until all of a sudden, oh, it's a problem. Yeah. It's, it's, it, it really takes effort to think about, okay, remember, I do have this living thing that I am responsible for. <laughs> that really likes and to I eat need stuff. To, yeah. <laughs> and I need to make sure that they can't do something that is going to hurt themselves. Yeah. I remember one time Sean fed them avocados and I made him go make the dogs throw up. And it was, that was a rough night. Because <laughs> he didn't yelling, know. puking everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't even count how many times where I've had scares where I'm like, did you leave chicken bones on the counter and they're gone now? And, you know, everybody has, you have that moment of panic where you're like, did the dogs eat them or did it get thrown out properly? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My own, my own dogs got into a chicken carcass like a month and a half ago. Oh yeah, I remember that. I was that. like, oh crap, but I know it's I know what to look for and I know how to how to help. Mhm. Yeah, yeah, like if they're throwing up it's uh and you know they've eaten parts of a chicken, probably want to do an x-ray right away. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Oh my god. I know they just get into dumb stuff. I was going to say is it um is it Poppy or Luke that usually eats dumb stuff? Oh, Poppy. Yeah. <laughs> Luke doesn't really do much of anything, <laughs> but he's the sneaky one. See, that's the mindset I'm getting mm -hmm. myself into is, mm -hmm. oh, Luke doesn't do anything. But Until then literally a month and a half ago, we got into a chicken carcass. So, <laughs> you know, honestly, it's normally the cats. Yeah, the cats are shameless. Didn't he uh, uh, just yesterday, he wrecked a bag of dog food? Oh, my gosh. Yes. At the clinic, <laughs> he punched a, hole, a huge hole in a bag of dog food on the shelf. I was like, great. Now I got to spend one hundred and thirteen dollars on a bag of dog food that I don't need. It's like puppy large breed developmental, oh the biggest God. bag on the shelf. And I think it's just a testament to how motivated a lot of these guys are when it comes oh, to anything yeah. vaguely resembling food. Yes. Well, to be fair, he was fasted because he got neutered yesterday. So he hadn't eaten for quite a while. <laughs> but still, like he was like trying to break into the whole bag. <laughs> yeah. With his cone on too. Yeah. Which I thought was really impressive and kind of hilarious. Yes. Well, just goes to show that I didn't put a big enough cone on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was going to say recently, what's the, uh, we also have a lot of critters that come in for eating things that aren't food. Yeah, and I think probably the one that really sticks out is the the bulldog we had. What was that? Was that his um, yes. third surgery? That was his, yes, that was his third foreign body removal surgery. Yeah, when we say foreign body, because I always I'm really bad at explaining that to people when they come in foreign body. When they what that means is they've eaten something that's not actually food, and now it's stuck somewhere in their gut. <laughs> <laughs> could be anything. It could be a bone. It could be a sock. I think what's the There's weirdest so thing much. that you've seen that we've taken out of an animal that they ate? Oh, in in school, um, we actually got to take out of a little cat. We took a piece of string that was had balled up into into the small intestine and caused a blockage. Mm -hmm. But this cat was only like three kilograms, so that's what like almost seven pounds. Mm -hmm. This cat was, and the string, when we pulled it out and actually unballed it, the string was five feet long. Oh, my God. <laughs> Who eats five feet like, How did string? he swallow the whole thing? Just I... constant, like the biggest noodle ever, just like sucking it back. <laughs> what about you? Um, so there's a, what, probably one of my, oh, man, there's so many. 
Like I can't even I can't even think about which ones. Uh, there was a dog where um, he had come in because he was vomiting, and he also had an abscess on his side. And we were like, "Oh, that's weird." So we we sedated him and uh, took some X rays, and things just looked a little weird. And then we started exploring the abscess. And as Sharon was exploring the abscess, she felt something like poker. And she's like, oh, that's weird. And what she pulled out of the abscess. So keep in mind, this is from the side of the dog. She pulled out the side of the dog. Um, you know those wooden barbecue skewers? <gasps> he pulled out pulled out a full-length barbecue skewer. Did it come out of his intestine? It came out of his stomach <gasps> through the body wall. <laughs> oh, my god! But the reason it's my favorite story is that as Sharon's pulling it out, we're both realizing what's happening. When she pulled it free, like the look on her face was priceless. She was just so shocked. My favorite thing is afterwards, she plugged the hole with her finger. <laughs> and I was like, Sharon, what are you doing? She's like, well, what if it's going through his chest? And because it was yeah. right at that margin there. And what if it's, you know, negative pressure in the chest? And I'm like, Sharon, you've literally just pulled a barbecue skewer out. I don't think your finger's going to make it any better. She's <laughs> like, I don't know, man. I'm doing my best So here. somehow he had swallowed the barbecue skewer whole. It made it through his throat, his esophagus, into the stomach. And then it migrated out of the stomach through oh, the body man. wall. Gosh, that's crazy that it made it down his throat without any perforations. Though. Right? Like, I don't know how, but it did. Oh, jeez. Yeah, it was shenanigans. The dog did fine. We ended up, re we did re really? we did refer him um, after we kind of cleaned it up a little bit, and they just anesthetized him, and they did, they just, like, uh, debrided the full thickness abscess, and the dog did fine. Yeah, That's so crazy. Yeah, you should have seen Sharon's face, though. It was classic. <laughs> Just the, putting the it. finger in the hole. I was like, that's not doing diddly squat. And you know it. <laughs> and you know it. <laughs> that was a good day. That is funny, though. Can't even count the amount of times that I've heard of or been a part of taking tampons out of dogs yeah there's that's a, lot a of big those. one. Oh, you know what else is a good one we've seen a couple times and uh it always ends up as a very expensive vet trip that's really unnecessary is when animals eat beets <laughs> i've seen it a couple times where the either somebody like somebody doesn't know that they ate beets or they'll like the dog will eat beets out of the garden and it'll start like peeing red right and it just doesn't because of all the pigments yeah. and we've had that a couple times like we had a dog come in and when he threw up it was all red and when he pooped it was red and when he peed it was red and we're like oh my god he has like like hemolytic something or other he's got like a mm -hmm. clotting disorder or he got into rat poison like we're all sloughing these things. all our mucosa something right because it looked like blood and then we like ran his blood work and it was all normal. And I was like, wait a tick. And <laughs> when we spun down the urine, it, it didn't settle out the way that blood does. It actually yeah. just stayed in suspension. And we were like, oh, my God, oh, this is actually pigment. <laughs> well, after what, like six or seven hundred dollars worth of tests yeah. later, the dog was fine. He just had, you know, there's actually nothing wrong. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with him. He just ate a lot of beets and it looked like he was peeing blood. Really doesn't hurt them. It's just, you know, really freaky to see that they're, uh, you know, looks like they're literally bleeding from every orifice. <laughs> well, yeah, that would be terrifying <laughs> right? as an owner. Especially if you didn't know that they eat beets. <laughs> mm -hmm. You have no idea where it's coming from.
Uh, marijuana is super common these days. Um, there's a lot of edibles that are out there. Um, lots of people leave roaches around and stuff like that. And it really doesn't take a lot to get a dog intoxicated with marijuana. No. Um, and they actually handle it a little bit different than people do. Um, and, uh, yeah, it really, I find we usually see it in small dogs and I think it's just because it doesn't take very much to make them Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Whereas the and people does. don't associate mm-hmm. the, like the medical effects of THC with their dog being high either. Like I've, I've heard a couple different people talking about it. Like it was just really, really funny, mm-hmm. which it can be because they look ridiculous don't get me wrong they really do <laughs> but they it can have some very detrimental effects yeah i think the worst one i've seen we actually it was a back at school and we had to hospitalize it it actually was throwing arrhythmias and um he was having seizure-like activity as well while also being like semi-comatose and so he was probably the worst marijuana intoxication i've ever seen because most of them just get kind of goofy you know where they're yeah squinty coordinated squinty they're like trying to fall asleep and they're just falling over and then they're like peeing themselves (laughs) and most of them will actually be fine like most of them will be okay but it's just because they don't usually get enough to cause a problem but with the little guys Mm -hmm. it gets a little more sketchy about how even when it's not to the point of like dying there's still like things that we can do to help them get through it without long-term effects. Like um, the most of the ones that we see they're to the point where they're, they're having effects. Like we should put them on IV fluids to supplement them that way. Mm -hmm. And the biggest one that we see is that they get very, very cold. They can't Mm -hmm. regulate their body Mm -hmm. temperatures. So we need to supplement their heat. Yeah. Should I tell the story about that secondary marijuana toxicity? Yes. (laughs) So you marijuana, should. one of the reasons marijuana also causes a problem in dogs is that it's uh, it gets recirculated without getting broken down very well. Um, and where I mean that it gets absorbed from the gut, goes to the liver, but then it ends up back in circulation without getting broken down. And that's why we'll use something called activated charcoal to try to break that cycle. But uh, yeah, it, it, can, it can be excreted, undigested, unchanged into the stool. And so I had this one case where a dog came in, classic marijuana toxicity. Um, we treated it and went over everything with them. And then two, I think it was like a day or two later, their other dog came in for the same signs, but not as bad. And they swore up and down. They're like, there was no marijuana anywhere in the house. There was no possible way because they learned their lesson the first time. And we found out it was the second dog is a poop eater. <laughs> and it actually got high off of eating the contaminated poop of the other dog who got high first. This is a whole new level of edible right there. Like, I don't... <laughs> I don't think we'd make much money marketing that, though. No, you don't think so? We could call it round two. Oh, my God. Gross. <laughs> call it round two. It's just, you know, recycling. Don't worry about it. We yeah, use recycle. It's very eco-friendly. Thank you for listening to the Wild Rose Vet Podcast. If you like the show, please leave us a five-star rating and a review. And while you're at it, why not tell your friends about us? Subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple Podcast, or wherever you're listening to us right now. Check out the show notes to see where you can find us on social media and for more information on the Dr. Savannah Wild Rose Vet television series. The Wild Rose Vet Podcast is hosted by Dr. Savannah Howe-Smith. Produced by Trent Wilkie, Shirley McLean, Dylan Wirtz, Tanya Conigotier, and Valerie Oudmarchand. Recorded by Ian Armstrong at Wolf Willow Studios. With original music by Wayne LaValle.